Hello, Scorpions. I'm here with Sharnay Walker, Director of Disabilities Resource Center. We'll be here to talk about types of services offered to students and how we can support as a community. Sharnay, talk a little bit about your role and uh, as director and how your personal structure at your office looks. All right. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks for, you know, inviting me to have this discussion. Um, as you said, I am Sharnay Walker. I'm the director of the Disability Resource Center. Um, you know, our office is here to support students with documented disabilities. Um, there's me as director who kind of, you know, make sure that uh, the day-to-day -day operations are, you know, running smoothly and that students have, um, you know, the accommodations that they need. But in the office, it's, it's, it's a team. Uh, we've got a nice small little family here in the office. Um, I have an assistant director. Her name is Joan Rockmel. She is, you know, in charge of everything testing related. Um, you know, making sure that tests get approved. So if students need to test in the office, uh, you know, she facilitates those test scheduling requests. Um, any messaging that needs to go out to students, she works with uh, Juan, our adaptive media uh, coordinator to make sure that that messaging gets, you know, out to students via our uh, disability services software. Um, Juan also is responsible for anything adaptive tech. So all books and audio, all equipment that's flown out to students. Um, you know, without him, we'd you know, be lost where equipment is concerned. But we do, you know, provide lots of um, tech support and equipment to students if that is what the accommodation uh, calls for. Uh, and then the backbone of our office is my administrative assistant, Jessica. Um, she makes sure that the office runs smoothly day to day. She makes sure that I've got all the tasks that I need to do. So if there's something coming up uh, budget wise or I need to take care of it, she is, you know, uh, keeps us on top of, of things there. So she makes sure that the office runs smoothly every day. Uh, and everybody, you know, even though everybody has their specific roles in the office, we all help each other. We all work together uh, to make sure the students get the accommodation help that they need. Great. And you kind of brushed a little bit on this already, but what type of services are provided to students through your office? Uh, we provide academic accommodations uh, to students with documented disabilities. So in order to be registered with the DRC, you've got to have some sort of documentation. Uh, the documentation can be can be varied in nature, so it doesn't just need to be medical. It could be psychological. It can be like an IEP from high school. It can be um, you know a history of medical records. You know something that basically um, is from a qualified provider that discloses the disability. So we, we always have to know that. We're the college's keeper of disability-related records. So everything that comes into our office is confidential. We don't share that with anybody. Um, it's not a part of, you know, the transcript or any files. Our records are confidential. So students, you know, please know that anything that you submit to the DRC, it, it's, it's confidential. Awesome. And yeah, I'm sure that's sort of reassuring for students that have some hesitation or are nervous about approaching the office and speaking yeah. of sort of the office environment uh, how has COVID changed your office approach you know 
Well, COVID has moved everything online first and foremost. Um, it's got us exploring different ways to uh, you know, reach out to students and communicate with students. And we did a lot with email communication, but uh, you know, this summer we decided to branch out into social media uh, where we have a Facebook and Instagram just to be able to provide some information, of course, to students, but some reassuring positive messages, um, you know, whether it's you know, don't forget to request your accommodations or don't forget to, you know, give your accommodation letter to your instructor. But we've started to think about just different ways to get the information out to students. Um, we've sent out student surveys, um, you know, that's been included more because of, of COVID and students can't just walk into our office now. Students can't just ask, you know, accommodation related questions by popping in, you know, you've got a take a minute to sign in. We've got to, you know, let you into the office space or call you into the office space. You know, that, those are steps that students didn't have to do before. Um, so COVID really changed the way that, you know, we, we thought about how students interacted with our office and how we wanted to be able to get information out to them. Uh, COVID also, you know, um, brought about a few questions, a, a few more questions about, you know, what really constitutes a disability uh, is COVID in and of itself a disability and you know started to ask those questions um, you know can I get accommodations because I have COVID you know so those kinds of questions started to come up once once COVID came into place um, how to make my class accessible um, you know those kinds of, of, of questions were, were being asked. Yeah, it's definitely changed the the approach for sure, and a lot of questions are are asked for that. Thank you for that. Uh, oftentimes, when people think of disabilities, they often think of uh, only physical. What are other recognized disabilities? Uh, disabilities come in many shapes and, and sizes. I mean, they're not just physical. Um, a large number of students who actually register with the DRC don't register with us for physical impairments. Um, you know, physical could be, you know, you see somebody who is visually impaired um, or you see somebody who has, you know, service animal or things like that. But oftentimes, you know, students with learning disabilities, you can't see a learning disability. Um, you know, students may have trouble reading or trouble in math, um, trouble writing. You may have students with health impairments. So things like autoimmune disorders like lupus or fibromyalgia um, are, are some common things that you can't see, but, you know, are equally as disabling, um, sometimes, you know, more so, uh, depending on the nature of the disability. And, you know, going back to uh, an earlier question that you asked about types of services, you know, each accommodation is always supported by the documentation that a student turns in. So, you know, common things are like extra time to take a test or quiet places to take their tests. So we have quiet testing rooms. Uh, when we were in live classes, you know, note takers were often um, in place um, or maybe a recording device. Um, were in place but you know some things that you can't see come with uh, different accommodations so for example somebody who may have chronic back issues may just need permission to be able to stand up and move around in the classroom and we don't think about that being a big issue but if your instructor is you know saying well you know 
sit in the classroom, nobody can leave, you know, sitting in a class for, for two hours or an hour and 20 minutes without being able to get up and move around, that's, that's painful. Um, when having an accommodation that allows you to get up and move around can, you know, be the difference between that student being able to focus and really attend to what's going on in class and, you know, miserably suffering through the class and not really getting an understanding of the material. So accommodations, you know, look different depending on the nature of a student's disability. So would you say that there is a, a stigma perhaps for requesting help? And if there is, what advice would you give to that student? Uh, I think there's a lot of stigma around asking for help uh, in general. And then there's you know, even more stigma around asking for help as a student with a disability. Um, for our more traditional students who have come you know, from high school where maybe they had an IEP, they come from an environment where everybody knows what your disability is. Um, you know, not only does your teacher know and your special education, you know, facilitator know, but everybody in the class knows that, you know, you're the student that leaves the class to go take your test somewhere else. So, you know, being anonymous, um, like any other student in college is, it's, you know, it's big, it's uh, empowering. Um, you know, students just wanna be like everybody else. And I would say to students um, transitioning into college for the first time is to know that the role of the DRC isn't to change anything that you as a student have to do in your classes. Uh, again, everything is confidential. So we don't ever, ever, ever go out and disclose why you're registered with the DRC um, you know, to anybody. Your accommodation letter never says what your diagnosis is. Um, so you're held to the same academic standard, academic rigor as all of your other peers. Um, so, you know, that, that's a, a very common misunderstanding that, you know, particularly our students who are transitioning from, you know, right K-12 to, to college uh, have. They just want to be anonymous. Um, so you, students can remain, you know, anonymous. Um, your accommodations are yours to use or not to use. So if you choose to use them for one class, but you don't choose to use them in another class, that's fine. You know, you make the request for for the class um, that you need it for. And if you want to request your accommodations for every class that you have, great. If you don't, great. Um, and you also, there's no timeline on requesting your accommodation. So if you want to request them before school starts, awesome. If you want to wait uh, a, a week or two, you can do that too. Just remember that, you know, once you've made your decision, if we're at any point in the semester, your accommodations are not retroactive. So I can't go back and, you know, cover what's already happened uh, or accommodate what's already happened. So if you didn't do so hot on the first test, you don't get to retake that test, but your accommodations are in place, you know, going from that point forward. Um, but there really is a lot of freedom and flexibility of being a college student and being a college student with accommodations. Um, you know, there's confidentiality. Um, so it's probably one of the larger misconceptions um, uh, about DRC services. Another uh, would be that, you know, DRC does something to, to change 
you know, what the student has to do, and that is 125% incorrect. You know, the DRC doesn't change any of the work that students have to do. You know, a five-page paper is still a five-page paper. If it's a 25-page paper, it's still a 25-page paper. Um, you know, we don't change anything um, as far as the, the requirements. What we do, what accommodations do is allow a student to demonstrate that they've worked just as hard as their, their classroom peers to be able to, you know, do the same thing that they're able to do, um, you know, take the same test, pass the same test, you know, it levels that playing field and gives them that equal access to, to prove they know what they know. Great. And what are, what are some ways to sort of pre-assess a student? So if a student is concerned, they're like, I'm not sure if I should go to the DRC, like, is this based on a consultation or is it more so, can they do a pre-assessment differently from home? Um, you know, oftentimes students who feel like there is some academic difficulty, um, you, somewhere down the line, they've worked with uh, a professional, a qualifying professional, oftentimes that have said, you know, you may have um, this particular learning disability. And students sometimes have that documentation and they don't realize that they have it. Um, or they have access to this documentation um, by just, you know, problem solving and asking questions. So they come into the DRC and they say, you know, maybe back in middle school, I went to this room to take a test. Uh, you know, and from there, we're able to problem solve with you well, where the documentation actually exists um, and whether or not you were a student who received services previously. Or, you know, maybe they've worked with their doctor on a particular issue, but they've never received services in high school. You know, we help students find that documentation. And on the rare chance that that documentation doesn't exist, um, what, we, what we're able to do is we're able to point students to um, community partners, whether it's psychologists who can do assessment or do diagnostic work with the student to really formalize that, um, that diagnosis that maybe they've suspected for years um, and never were accommodated for. So we help them identify those professionals in the community so that they can work with them and get the assessments that they need in order to get the accommodations that they need. Um, so we work with them to do that. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to know for our students if they have any questions or uh, want to provide those documentations to you all on how they can access that. Thank you. Yeah, we encourage students to ask questions. I mean, even if you don't think that, you know, there's anything that we can do, and I've had a, a number of students say, I don't know if you can help me, but, and, you know, they tell me all about their challenges and, you know, we figure out that I can help them. Um, and, you know, from there, they, they come back and they express, you know, their their satisfaction with not only, you know, the help that they've received, but just, you know, I'm, you know, I'm frustrated that it took me so long to come and ask the question to begin with. I could have been getting this help all along. And, you know, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to, to help. And I encourage students, even if you don't think there's anything that, that the DRC can do to help you, um, always ask the question, you know, if it's not disability related help, we're familiar with the campus resources and maybe how to assist you in better communicating with your instructor so that you can get the help that you need in the classroom or pointing you to the correct resource that can help you with the paper that you're writing or help you with, with tutoring, help you with those campus resources. Um, students don't have to, to struggle, um, you know, 
students don't have to, you know, classes don't have to be the extra step of hard. Um, they're hard enough in learning new concepts and applications already, you know, not understanding those, you know, concepts and applications and not getting the help only is going to, you know, uh, amplify that challenge. So we, we're, we're here to point students in the right direction, even if it's not in the way of, you know, they need an accommodation or they have documentation to support an accommodation. Yes, and I will say that your staff is incredibly welcoming and awesome and just like heartwarming. They're very approachable students. So if you all need them, please do not hesitate to, to go to their office and, and talk with them or ask questions. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. You know, I want students to be able to walk into the DRC and feel like it's a, a place that they can feel welcome. They, you know, know that their confidentiality is um uh, is important to us, but you know, they can come and ask any questions and you know, my door is always open um, For students to come in and, and ask a question again I mean, I know there's the extra steps to, to get to the DRC and many offices on campus um, But you know their safety is important to all of us um, But we're still here um, You know on campus to help online to help um, And I, I you know really do want to make sure we maintain that welcoming office environment. I don't want anybody to ever feel like they can't come and talk to the DRC. Yeah. So as a community, how can students, staff, and faculty be more, inclu more inclusive? Um, thinking outside the box is, is probably uh, a great first step. I mean, we think about how we've always done things. And thinking about how we've always done things isn't necessarily the right way to do things, uh, you know, making sure, thinking about, you know, people with those invisible disabilities, like your, your deaf and hard of hearing student, you know, that person with the interpreter, or maybe that person who uses captioning um, on the screen. Um, so, you know, just kind of taking that extra step to think outside the box and, you know, how can I make sure everything that you know we do is, anybody can use it um, you know students often take online classes because they're, they're more accessible um, or there's they're lower tech so that they don't need as many accessibility tools but you know most screen readers can you know pick up um, uh, if you know a video is encoded correctly, most screen readers uh, can read the text on um, a web page, so they don't need extra um, accommodations or they don't need extra tools to to access whatever it is that they're trying to access. And you know, just kind of thinking about that student, the student who may have a disability but may not want to disclose, how can I make sure that they are included? Um, you know, is my event you know big enough for a wheelchair to, to navigate uh, through if we're in, you know, the times where we're, we're back to doing events in person, you know, is my event wheelchair accessible? Do I have an interpreter available? You know, is my image, uh, you know, is the contrast of my image appropriate? You know, just kind of taking those steps to think outside of the box um, about, you know, the general, you know, the population of students that isn't going to ask for for the help that they need. Just kind of taking those things into consideration uh, is a great way to start. Yeah, that's great, especially for, you know, it's 
different for every every individual as a staff faculty we have a responsibility to to fit that accommodation and then as students it's a kid for some it's a it's it's a learning opportunity to learn about as you mentioned uh, that they're not always something that you can see uh, but to, to be mindful of that and I think that you have created an environment where we become much more mindful and are, are asking ourselves like is this an accessible space uh, and all those things so I appreciate your work on our campus for that. You're welcome. That's a very important question. You know, is my event accessible or is what I'm doing accessible? Uh, I mean, that's a great question to start with when thinking about, you know, anything that we're doing, you know, am I leaving anybody out? Um, then, you know, whether or not a student chooses to participate, you know, that's a different line of questioning, but, you know, am I leaving somebody out? Um, I don't ever want anybody to, to feel like they're being left out. I mean, I can have the opportunity to make the the most of their college experience and you know I encourage students to uh, not only talk with their instructors but to get involved I mean once you get involved in things you build a relationship with the campus you you know build a an ownership almost of the campus you know you want to make sure that whatever is happening you know you're a part of it um, and that helps students do better in their classes that help students do better, you know, across the board. Um, and so asking that question up front, you know, is my event accessible, you know, then you're, you're not leaving anybody out um, by asking that question and making sure that, you know, anybody could, could access your event. Absolutely. Now, what are some ways that students can reach your office? Uh, so this could be sort of like your, your direct phone line or your email? So we want to, again, reach out to students in a number of ways and make sure that, you know, we students can find us. So, I mean, we are, of course, located in the Rogers Student Center on the main floor. So uh, if you are on campus and you need to see a person, know that you can always sign into our queue and, you know, wait to be called into our office. But uh, we're, we're virtual. We're by email. You can reach out to us by email at um, drc at nsc.edu. Um, our web address is nsc.edu backslash drc. Um, you can reach us by phone, 702-992-2180. Uh, um, and we're on Facebook and Instagram um, at nsc underscore mydrc. Um, this both Facebook and Instagram. Um, and we're on Cranium Cafe. So if you are you know, in your Canvas class and you want to reach out to us, you know, via Cranium Cafe, you can just go into those student services. And we are we're located in there. You have each one of my professional staff members. You have our main DRC lobby. So if you have some general questions. Um, we even have a second lobby. So if, say, you want to ask a question in the main lobby is, you know, got somebody engaging uh, with somebody else, there's a second lobby um, where you can come and ask the DRC questions. Um, you can type your questions and send us offline messages uh, if that's what you need. But we are here to help you and support you. Um, but our main email address that we all check is drc at nsc.edu um, and you also have um, on our homepage, our webpage, uh, pictures of all of the staff. So if you want to get into contact with any one of us, you can click on our picture and send an email um, or just, you know, type in our, our names uh, in the email search um, and send us an email directly. But your 
easiest way is probably drc at nsc.edu because you don't have to remember anybody's name. <laughs> it comes to all of us. Awesome. Well, at the very least, follow to, uh, to follow you all on social media. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to, you know, make sure that we send out some positive messaging to students, um, some, you know, important messaging to students, um, and also, you know, just those great success tips. So uh, weekly study tips, one of the things that we uh, switched to in the spring when we kind of went online was to include some some study tips, you know, just how can you as a student study, you know, uh, how can you break some material down and, you know, make it more approachable. Um, so we're going to continue that into the fall, uh, be able to put those things on our social media. Um, so students can follow us again, both Facebook and Instagram at NSC underscore my DRC. All right. Well, my last question for today, do you have any tips for our returning and new students? Um, yeah, I, I think one of my biggest tips in these, you know, new uncharted COVID times is, you know, be patient with yourself. Uh, be patient with everybody that you're engaging with. I mean, this is a new way to approach learning um, for all of us, uh, a new way to engage with the faculty and staff that are here to help us. Um, so be patient um, and, you know, have a little grace um, and we'll get through all of this together um, one step at a time, one day at a time. And it's okay to be frustrated. Uh, we've all had our, our moments of frustration, um, but know that everybody here at NSC, at NSC is here to support you. And we want to see that, you know, you achieve your goals uh, and you get to, you know, that finish line, whether it's the bachelor's degree or the master's degree or, uh, you know, whatever your goal is. It could just be finishing the class and, you know, finishing with it a great grade, but we're here to, you know, help you reach your goal. So with yourself uh, as you navigate these new learning processes and just, you know, be kind to everybody um, and, you know, just give everybody a little bit of grace. We're all going through the same, you know, storm together. So, um, you know, we, we got to support each other. Thank you for your time. Uh, as always, if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to Charnay. But again, thank you for providing your wisdom and information of your office. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. We're happy to, to be here to support students. Um, and we can't wait to see you. We're sad that it's, you know, not in person, but you can still connect with us virtually. Uh, and, you know, we'll still, you'll still get that um, same positive spirit and, you know, that same help that you would get in person. So thank you again for, for the invitation. Absolutely.